Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the INFJ Whisperer podcast, where I dissect all things INFJ. You are not alone anymore. There are others like you. Hello, everyone. I am grateful yet again. I'm so grateful that there's so many people who actually want to sit and chat with me for hours on end. Uh, I'm really surprised by that sometimes, but I'm really grateful again that Dominic has, uh, has uh, taken time out of his busy schedule and come to chat with us about male INFJs. I'm so excited. I'm really, really excited about this topic because I really feel like First of all, I love male INFJs. They're awesome. They're great. They're cool people. And a lot of them who message me on the channel, they, I really feel like, you know, I'm like their elder sister. I'm like, please come, I'll give you a hug and everything's going to be okay. But I also feel bad because a lot of them, a lot of times I feel, and again, I'm not an expert, but from the ex, the conversations I've had, I feel like male INFJs tend to be more neurotic and a lot have a lot more doubt in within themselves and also feel uh, really out of place in the world. I mean, INFJs in general feel out of, the, out of place in the world, but male INFJs, it's like a whole new level of being alienated from the world as it is right now. A lot of it has to do with the alpha male you know, type that's perpetuated as the ideal type. And we'll speak a lot more about that. But again, I wanted to bring Dominic in because I wanted him to give his perspective on what it is like to be a male INFJ who is actually self-actualized in this world he maybe was unhealthy in the past I didn't know him then but I really feel like <clears throat> he's come into his own now and I'm really happy as an elder sister to see him grow in this fashion um, so I want to share that with you all obviously and I want him to share his experience with us as well so thank you Dominic thank you back um that's a very nice introduction i like i like being introduced <laughs> to self-actualized um yeah but i also definitely it was definitely true um that i was less self-actualized and unhealthy in the past mm-hmm. um in various in various ways mm-hmm. um so i guess we should get straight into that <laughs> if you wish yes <laughs> yeah. Uh, um yeah so i think it took a long time for me to become somebody who uh, knew how to make friends with people, really, properly make friends with people, um, and somebody who knew how to deal with uh, with emotions. Mm. Um, so I was one somebody who, so I don't know if a lot of INFJ men do this, but I was somebody who turned a lot to spirituality, 
um, rather than trying to deal with human relationships. I wanted to replace yes. human relationships with some sort of transcendence or, um, and you know, meditation is brilliant, but I wanted to replace all human relationships meditation because I think I wanted to have that sort of control and didn't want to deal with the human world. You know, I remember at sort of 17, um, having a crush on a girl and, you know, literally running away at one point when I saw her coming down the corridor um, because I was so shy and so shy around her and uh, couldn't sort of express myself in any way. Yes. Um, I don't know, maybe that's a common for other INFJ men, but um, yeah, I think yes. there's a lot, can be a lot of um, emotional distress there. Yes. I remember you saying that um, one of the reasons why, I mean, okay, I'm, I don't know if you actually said it directly, but one of the reasons why you felt this way also, or you had a little bit of doubt was because your father has a little bit of a tendency to put you down because of the way you are. You're more sensitive, obviously, uh, which is a typical trait of an INFJ male. And, uh, you know, you're more emotional. You're more of a feeling person rather than a thinking person. And I feel like uh, I noticed that in a lot of the male INFJ males that messaged me is that, you know, they have this tendency to be denigrated, not only by society as a whole, obviously, you know, who really says, okay, great, sensitive, you know, feeling man is one that like is, is ideal in society, even though somehow we say it's a good thing, but we also at the same time say it's a bad thing. So it's like these mixed messages being sent, sent to the world, to the men, but also a lot of them have to deal with, I know from like personal experience talking to male INFJs, they had to deal with fathers who were extremely strict with them, even more so than their siblings, because they're like, okay, I need to beat you into shape because you're obviously way too much of a whatever word you want to use pans in your sissy or all the mm -hmm. uh, ugly words that people use for men who are more sensitive so no, i don't know no, no. i don't know if we want to talk about that but that's something that that has come up for, for us yeah no i think that's very very valuable um yeah i think i've been sort of lucky that yes my father sort of put me down but there was other people that i knew who would who would have been a lot worse to have as fathers <laughs> let's yes. put it that way yes. um but I definitely have, yeah, there's not there's not that desire, I think, in most parents to nurture and really uh, nurture the sensitivity and bring mm -hmm. that to fruition. Um, but you can't twist something out of shape. If somebody is a sensitive person, you need to have that, you know, I'm only just getting into the self-care routines and so forth that are so essential. You know, self-care, there's something feminine about self-care. I think generally, you know, we tend to think about women having, you know, bubble baths when we think about self-care. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, self-care is so important, particularly as an INFJ male, you know, take time to soothe yourself. You know, sometimes yes. you, need, you need to call under blankets or you're going to, you know, um, you know, cozy spaces. You're going to need those things. You're going to get overwhelmed pretty easily and pretty um, regularly throughout the day. And you need to take that time to actually calm yourself. You know, it's not like you're not going to be the sort of person who's making millions on Wall Street because that environment would you know, <laughs> burn you out in about a week. Um, you know, Unless you're it, working from home, then you could do it perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, I think there's that, and I think you have to sort of explain that because you're, you're generally fathers and mothers, um, but particularly fathers are not going to give that to you. And you, just, you have to be that sort of uh, father that wants to nurture who you are and not who somebody else thinks you should be. Yes. Um, I think that takes time. That takes a lot of time to, to work out who you are and yes. then to actually say, I'm going to be that. And you, I think it takes bravery because what you need to do is repeatedly assert who you are. So there's going to be times when you just feel really nervous about asserting who you are. You know, when there's about a 95% chance that nothing really bad is going to happen, I think then you've got to push yourself because you're constantly, you're trying to push back on the shame and the fear. Um, yes. I remember Gabor Mate once said that you know when your self-development begins with shame, you have to actually go through a period of shame before you, before you can become who you really are because you're going to have to learn how not to be the person who, who 
tries to be somebody else or who feels ashamed for being just who they are. Wow. Uh, and the only way you can do that is by feeling the feelings and then going through them. And so I had to go through that. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of shame I've had to go through. And you know, sometimes, sometimes shame can be useful, but there's times when it's toxic and trying to work out those times when you're actually just being held back, being who you really are. Um, I think that's really useful. And sort of starting that process can be difficult, but um, just finding little ways that you can do that. That's really important. Yes. And I'm just going to add it in here. I've done a video on this in the past, but uh, Brene Brown's de definition of shame versus guilt is really useful here because shame is always very toxic, almost always, because it, it denigrates you as a person because you are who you are, like you are sensitive. So you're, you feel shamed for that. Whereas guilt is for what you are doing. You're feeling guilty for the action, not for who you are, like your personality or characteristic. And um, a lot of a lot of genetics say that, you know, a lot of our personalities actually like set, you know, when you're actually born, you have a lot of traits. Yes, you can build many different things into your characteristics, into your personality, but a lot of it is who you are. A lot of INFJs were probably born this way, you know, maybe they were created by their environment, but a lot of us were probably born this way. And so it's not like you can be like, hey, be something else, do something else, you know, be a certain different way. This is who I am. I'm an introvert. I've been an introvert all my life. I can't suddenly just change and be like, all right, I'm going to be an extrovert now. I just wanted to add that in. No, that's really, really valuable. Um, yeah, I think it's worth actually just focusing on that for a moment. Actually, think about well, you know, the value of the INFJ male in society. And yes. you know, when you look at some of the most famous INFJ males, you know, it's, it's Gandhi. I imagine Obama is an INFJ. Yes, I'm coming yes. reading his, his memoir. And, you know, he's, he can be very he tears up a lot in his memoir. You know, uh, and I've definitely cried while reading that memoir. Really. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and but obviously he, he managed to achieve many, many great things, and you know yeah. other leaders like uh, Martin Luther King as well. Um, mm. You know the, these great leaders. Um, you know they managed to achieve great things and had a very sensitive heart, which is what partly what opened them to this desire to help. You know reduce the indignities and injustices in the world. Yes. Um, you know that that is definitely a part of the INFJ male, um, and you know that those people have had a profound influence on history. Um, so I think that's something we need to remember as an INFJ male. You know, when you're sitting in your room and you're feeling like no one would ever date you, and <laughs> yeah. and you know nobody could, or people just take advantage of you, because that's the other, so the other side. I think there are uh, particularly narcissistic women do seem to find INFJ males of out. Of course, and, <laughs> I can imagine. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think um, there is really there is definitely something that you know that having that heart, um, you know, it's definitely something you can bring towards a leadership position. But I think it could be very hard for INFJ males to really assert themselves. Because you have to learn, I think, also how to, to hear no as well. You have to learn how to actually put yourself out there and hear people say no to you without mm. feeling like your whole existence has been denied. Because people say, no, I don't want to work with you. You know, I don't want to be on your uh, committee. You know, I started, one of the first things that I did that really helped me was when I start choose, chose to uh, reboot a creative writing society at my university. And so I then, I didn't have anybody to be on my committee. So I just went and asked, basic strangers on my course, if mm -hmm. they would be on my committee. And most people said no. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn just repeatedly hear people say no and turn me down and then be okay with that. Yes. Um, and that was massively useful. Um, and, it, you know, that, that begins slowly began the process of, actually, I can do this leadership thing. You know, I can, I can actually put myself out there because I know I'm confident in certain things. And, you know, I shouldn't be ashamed of putting myself out there and trying to tell other people about that. Um, I think as I know, Jamel, sometimes, especially with the introversion thing, it's very easy to stay within our comfort zone. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God, I really love that. Um, 
I really love that you were like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to be rejected a billion times over and it should be okay. I really think that that's the best way to do it. I've done it a billion times myself as well. And, you know, trolls and all this stuff. And I think that's really the, that's really the way to build it up because you realize, yeah, I'm not going to die if someone says no to me. And it's not such a big deal. And people might laugh at you, but then you don't remember it a few days later and they completely forget about it a few minutes later. And so, you know, it doesn't, nothing really sticks and you can just do what you want to do and live the way you want to live because nothing is going to ever matter anyways, really, if you think about it. It's like playing a musical instrument. You know, when you start playing the guitar, you don't have calluses and it hurts. <laughs> but when, yes. as, you, as you go forward, as you go forward, the calluses build up and actually you get much more skilled at it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same with it, social interactions. You need to build up those calluses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think, I think that maybe that sounds like a slightly daunting thing. I think if you're just, if you're an INFJ male who's not yet started that process, I think it can sound like quite a daunting thing. But it really is taking those small steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's really, really key. Yeah. Um, and I do want to mention that uh, one of the things that I really admire about you is that you did the creative writing course and you're really following your passion and your dream, which is to write. You know, you want to write fiction. And I read uh, the first chapter of one of your books and it was amazing. And how did you kind of get onto this thing where, you know, there, there are a lot of people and things in the world telling you, hey, you're never going to make money from writing or you're never going to make money from your passion or you're never going to make money if you do what your heart's telling you to do. So how did you get over that? That's a very interesting question. <laughs> um, I mean, the first thing I actually had to get over was the shame I had about writing. Yes. Um, you know, I used to be ashamed. You know, when I, when I was sort of a teenager, I'd actually hide from my parents the fact that I was a writer. And wow. like, writing, you know, it was something I was very, I was almost anxious that anyone would find out that I was a writer. Yes. yes. Um, you know, and that slowly, I slowly began introducing you know, actually showing my work to other people and that's you know mm-hmm. I got over that particular shame and anxiety um but yeah the actual the, the making the money um yes creativity is a gamble yeah. um personally I, I have always I've always thought that I was have a second job um so I want to be a uh lecturer I do online tutoring as well mm-hmm. um so it's there it's definitely um the way that I've sort of um worked through that is trying to work out which job that I can have that will um support my writing so that it, I mean my writing might turn out really really well yeah uh, there's also that part of me that wants to keep contact with other people you know I'm I'm somebody who really enjoys nurturing other people and helping them yeah. I think that's true of a lot of INFJ males yes. um, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to keep that contact because in writing you're so solitary I also want to have that contact with other with actual students or with other people um, in, in a nurturing environment yeah. um, and so that's sort of how I combine those two things sort of writing and then my long-term plans are to become sort of a university lecturer. So as I was saying, there are a lot of male INFJs who kind of isolated themselves and they're in a space of mind where um, they have this negativity and hatred towards most people in general, of course, but also particularly towards women. And whenever I talk to them, they're particularly hateful towards me as well. And I noticed that not only do I get angry on their behalf, obviously, because they've dealt with a lot of issues in their past, but also I get a little bit upset and fearful for them because, you know, they have no one around them and they're literally just by themselves. They have no one that they can turn to. Um, so I wanted to get your opinion on that. And if you ever were in that phase where you isolated yourself. Mm, yeah, because I had a very different sort of isolation phase, which is much more sort of monkish rather than, say, very, very bitter. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, but I, I do, I do, I think I do understand that business to a degree. 
Yeah. Um, I remember having this one experience where I was feeling really bitter, more towards myself than towards other people. Uh -huh. You know, thinking that I was completely unlovable, and it was only a few months ago. Like, oh, no one would ever want to be with me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I asked myself a question: Like, how many women have we actually met in the last month, and how many <laughs> of those women could I actually theoretically have dated? Like, the answer was zero. It's like, well, that's the that's the problem, then, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well actually there's nothing wrong with me necessarily it's just like yeah. I'm not actually putting myself into situations where I would be meeting people because I don't like dating apps I don't like bars I don't like clubs it's like like most introverts you know those things yes you know dating apps seem shallow and um, mostly sort of um just like a, a, a drain on my time I've got a bigger thing got big dreams I want to achieve in dating yeah. apps and that kind of waste of my time then uh -huh. similarly bars and clubs and they're also loud and um the sort of people I generally want to meet, I don't imagine I'm going to meet them in pubs and bars. That might be wrong, but, um, you know, for me, you know, my plans now is to go actually go out and um, find, you know, writing groups and that sort of thing to try and meet new people, but in context where actually I'm likely to form genuine um, connections with people. Mm -hmm. um, the only front of bitterness, because I think it's really interesting, because I've seen this happen, not, it wasn't, an, it was an ENFP friend Mm -hmm. who I've seen go down that rabbit hole of bitterness. And I was quite, quite I, you know, I've known him for 10 years, so I was quite close to him. So I really yeah. could see just how he spiralled down mm. um, into that into that real business where he was intentionally trying to hurt people. But in his heart, he still, he wasn't one of those people who was unconscious of what he was doing. He had enough yeah. empathy to know what he was doing, but he just didn't care that he was hurting himself while simultaneously hurting people like his mum and, and his friends around him. Um, yeah, and I think what happens there, I think my, the way I've come to understand that is that I think a lot of INFJ men, um, or just sort of these feeling type men in general, think that the way to get things in life is to be nice. Mm -hmm. And generally, I think this is the way they think that the way to get things from women, say, is to be nice rather than just to say what they want. Yes. And when that doesn't work out, they think that being nice in any way is somehow just sort of, um, they, they assume that being nice just isn't worth it. And so yeah, it sort of just yeah, turns yeah. them around, they turn, they turn on the bitterness instead, um, that niceness becomes bitterness. I think it's all. Um, it's, I think it's based on a misunderstanding about how what you actually need to get your needs met. Right. You know, to get your needs met. You know, don't be. You know, being nice is not the way to get somebody into bed. Flirt with them. Right. It's like there's the wrong yeah. tool for the job. It's not like you don't have to be a bad guy. Just you need to use the right tool for the job. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. That's a really good point, actually. I I think that the niceness thing is. I, I notice that a lot in like the women's dating uh, sites and all that stuff because women complain about this. They're like, you know, just because you're nice to me doesn't mean I'm gonna be happy with like to jump into bed with you. It's just not. This is not how it works. It's, that's like the basics of things. I'm nice to you. You're nice to me. That's the basics, and then we go from there. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really think that's such a good point. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Anyways, so uh the next thing i wanted to the one thing that i definitely wanted to bring up was what were you talking about dating or yes, yes. so hmm, there was something that you were like don't forget we need to talk about this and uh, now i can't, i've forgotten so I'm, now i'm like uh, yeah um yeah infj males and sort of relationships yes. i think sort of um a lot of a lot of the i certainly have a lot of neuroses around sort of dating and that sort of thing and i imagine other infj males um probably also have a lot of strong feelings about that which are quite negative mm. um yeah and i think there's many many reasons for that and uh, your part of that is you know the is, is you know the introversion and not actually meeting people but that if you're not meeting people it does does feel like there's something wrong with you if you're not paying attention to well am i actually putting myself in situations where i could end up say dating somebody or in a relationship mm. um and why then do on you... the other side yeah go on, oh, go go on. because on the other side there's also there are narciss generally narcissistic women 
are like narcissistic men, quite rare, and yet they, I think they are drawn towards INFJ men because INFJ men are people that they can sort of take advantage of. Because um, INFJ men are sort of nice enough that genuinely narcissistic women would um, sort of prey on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have dated a covert narcissist. So this is somebody who uses pity and she would use pity to manipulate um, a lot of things and would constantly try and make out that she was a victim. Um, and that she genuinely had suffered terrible things and narcissists normally have. Um, but she was using that as a, definitely as a, as a manipulation. Um, and she definitely wanted me to be who she wanted me to be rather than just myself. And, you know, when I was talking to a friend the other day, they said, you know, that her, their biggest tip for INFJ males is don't allow yourself to get into a relationship where you feel shame. You know, shame in a relationship is just not okay. You know, maybe guilt for if you actually do screw up, which you will at times, yes. you know, then yeah, it's okay obviously to feel guilty. But if you feel chronically guilty, guilty for who you are, just saying what you really think and really feel, that's not a good relationship. You know, those sort of relationships, you find somebody who, who brings out who you really are or makes you com feel comfortable, you know, not somebody who gives you butterflies, you know, generally not somebody who gives you lots of butterflies because normally butterflies are actually fear, not excitement in relationships. Yes. Um, I read know, that recently. Ah, yeah. that's terrible. Okay, go on, sorry. Butterflies are former, somebody once said. Sorry, butterflies are Butterflies are former. <laughs> and former? Former. Trauma. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's also actually finding, finding people actually bring that out in you. So I think that's not something we're generally taught, but or anybody's generally taught, but I think it's particularly important around FJ males to find people, women who are, who don't rely on them necessarily for, um, for, for sort of um, balance, you know, people who can be independent, who can stand on their own, you know, who can be balanced within themselves and also don't um, make, make people feel guilty in relationships. And also mm -hmm. it comes both back to what you're doing in the relationship, you know, don't feel somebody else, make somebody else feel guilty for who they are. You know, if you can't accept somebody else for who they are, you're probably not meant to be in a relationship with them. It, it's a two-way street. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I also do notice that, um, same as INFJ females, I would say, INFJ males also run away when things get too serious or they get to a point where they feel like they're, they're being vulnerable and or like they're getting, their hearts kind of getting into the situation. And a lot of non-INFJ females message me about this saying, I really like this INFJ guy, but I mean, obviously he likes me too, I think. Uh, but there's nothing happening, you know, like it's just not moving forward. And he he just keeps on like going into his cave. He does something really nice and then he runs away. And then he does something really nice. And then and then when I say, you know, I compliment him or praise him, he just runs away. Um, so what do you say about that? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, that's an interesting one. (laughs) Um, I, I, guess I, I did that like I did that when I was 17, 18. Mm. Um, but I think I think I gained more maturity. I think by the time you know, I did two years, I did this two years celibacy. I wanted to be a monk, I did two years sort of celibacy and so forth. Um, but when I, once I came back from that, I thought of I sort of had much more openness to things like commitment. Um, and I realized you know, there's, there's that compromise, and um, yeah, I think it's a difficult one because I, I, haven't, I haven't done that since I was you know, 18. And, you know, the, the, my excuses were sort of endless. You know, some of them were like quite nice. Like, I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. Just, you know, I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable by being too much. Um, you know, or it was just, you know, I feel, you know, I feel afraid. Um, but yeah, I have noticed that avoidance is a major sort of general INFJ trait. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think gaining maturity as an INFJ, one of the main things you need to do is learn how to deal with emotions without avoidance. Yeah. I think that is, that's really a really key one. Um, how to do that is a more difficult (laughs) (laughs) yes oh my gosh it's so funny because like in meditation and in yoga you're constantly taught this is one of the main things that they're always teaching you so you lean into the emotion leaning into the emotion lean into the emotion and um we do a lot of practices in my school where I go to and you know we're always like sitting down and being like okay what emotion is coming up right now usually it's fear or anxiety for me and um, I'll feel the emotion and a lot of times I'm just like okay I want to run away my, my my hands will start shaking or like my heart will start beating really fast and I literally want to run away from that situation it's so funny to me because I'm like I'm almost 40 I shouldn't be doing this still but I still am um, so yeah it's really difficult to like not run away from it um, also because I think partly we've been taught all our lives that emotions are bad you know we're extremely emotional and over emotional sometimes uh, according to society so overly sensitive and all that stuff and from the time we were really young I was taught the same thing as well I'm sure you were told the same thing you know stop being so emotional stop crying all the time or stop, stop being so sensitive stop being this and that all related to emotions so if you hear that over and over again you can be like all right cool I guess emotions are bad uh, and I, I need to stop you know come on that's mm-hmm. the basic essence of it right yeah I'm um, definitely the, in primary school I'm definitely the kid who cried the most <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh my gosh I remember this one incident and I remember it so clearly so I was upset about something that my mother did and I went into my room and I was crying and you know I'm doing the whole thing and I heard my mom say to her friend she's like oh it's okay she cries all the time just forget about it she'll stop crying in a few seconds like a few minutes she'll come back she'll be fine and like I was just sitting there as a child and I was like shh it doesn't even matter to my mother that I was crying and I was really angry about it and I was really upset actually for a long time because I realized actually it doesn't matter my emotions don't matter and my my feelings don't matter because 
everyone's just going to negate it anyways. So I kind of became a, a little bit of a robotic person after that. I was like, I'm not going to show any emotion to anyone because what's the point? Um, and I'm sure a lot of INFJs had to deal with that as well, male or female, but particularly male, obviously, because males are not even more so not allowed to show emotion, right? Like you're like constantly told, like, you know, be strong, be, be a man. I hate that. Uh, and things like that, right? So it's like, it's the worst yeah, thing in absolutely. the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, I think having space, given, because I've only more recently began to learn to open up and to learn to cry again. Mm. Um, I think that's a very healthy thing to be able to do. Yes. Um, I think you want to find somebody, and we, we want to find people where you can, you know, you can get here for in front of them yeah. and they will still accept you. And there are definitely people out there in the world. You know, I've, I've carefully curated a set of friends um, and, you know, I can be emotional in front of them. Um, it's still awkward, but <laughs> it's awkward for me, but not for them. You know, they are yes, yes. open to that. Yeah. Um, and then maybe that's, that's partly good fortune, but partly it's, you know, I've been introduced to people via friends. Mm. Um, so, you know, well, I think what you, if it be one of those things, once you start finding friends, um, and that can be a hard thing to start finding friends, like finding dates as well. It's the same thing. Yes. You need to put yourself into situations where you're actually going to meet people. Yeah. Once you start really finding friends, you can, they, they, you know, they might introduce you to people. You can slowly begin to build up a much uh, larger network. Um, but people who genuinely love you as friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I might not be dating people. But I've got several friends who genuinely have love for me. And that's, you know, that's not a compromise. That's not um, any small thing. As, and I think that's really crucial as an INFJ male to have that support network there to keep you grounded. Ototherwise, you will just spiral out. Um, and that's, you know, when you when you want to run away in a relationship, you know, don't make a choice without relying on your uh, friendship group. Because I think about it as a sort of supercomputing any problem that you have. You know, you, you take you, you ask these people that you really trust, you know, you know, what would you do here? What do you think is right here? And they can then tell you, they can talk you down from that, oh, I'm going to run away. It's like, no, no, you need to actually be there. You know, if you're not there for her, you know, if yeah. you're constantly going into a cave, she's just going to leave you and then you're going to be distraught because you do actually want this more than you think you do. Yes, you know, yes. you need your friends to know you and can say that to you. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, again, that's, you know, that's a long process. It's years, you know, if you're in an isolated place now, you're going to need to start that process of how do I meet people? How do I, um, you know, really begin to build up that support network? And it does take years. It will take years. It's taken me years. And I think, um, I think that's going to be the same for, for anybody who wants to do that but it's, it's well worth it in the end you know that you know it's well worth it along the way and the, the final result um it, it's, yeah. it's not going to be perfect happiness but it is you know is a, a really a life worth living wow i love that i love that curating your support group because it really is about not just falling into a, a group of people and be like all right i guess these are my friends okay i'm just gonna have to live with it if they are the if there are or not not the right person for me um but actually like to choose people that you're going to surround yourself with to be like, all right, these are the kind of people that will actually support me and allow me to be the best version of myself. That's brilliant. That's exactly what you need. Yes, it'll take time, like like you said, but it's so worth it in the end because you can actually like be yourself with them and and they will, like you said, you know, talk you down and be like, all right, don't do stupid things, you know, <laughs> because we I mean, have a tendency to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so, so people who can who really like INFJ males, both male and female, really exist. And you know, I think actually I have most of my most of my friends are female. I don't think that's uncommon as an INFJ male. Yeah. Um, that actually, you know, if you don't if you don't fall into that bitterness with women, actually, you know, a lot of your friendship group will probably be female because yeah. you probably have a more feminine personality type. Um, and that doesn't mean a female personality type. You know, yes. you have a more feminine energy generally. Um, we have masculine energy as well, but we have this we have this sort of overriding feminine energy. 
I think you're frozen again, but uh, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, so I think, you know, if we can, yeah, so yeah, I think, you know, having love from female friends, you know, that's something that's really valuable as an INFJ male and, you know, getting very bitter with women. I think that discredits you know, a, a really um, rich potential that INFJs have to have these really deep friendships with women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then also you have to be careful because you said that you have a tendency to be friend zoned. Um, and you don't want to be friend zoned either. Like, yes, uh, like, you know, just find the balance. Yeah, you want to make lots of female friends because obviously, you know, if that's a possibility, you'd want to be around this kind of beautiful energy. But also if you fall in love with one of them and you're like, all right, she's never going to look me that way, then maybe you would become bitter. But like, oh my gosh, I always end up being the friend. Um, but I... Actually, I Go on. Everybody jump in there. Because actually, I think there's something really interesting. That I think um, for INFJ males, I think it's a very... So with other men, I think would say, we're trying, you know, get attracted to a woman and then try and sleep with her. It doesn't work out. They'd cut their losses. I think INFJ males, because we, I think we can gender to like women as people rather than just the people we're attracted to. So mm-hmm. when they don't want to sleep with us, we still become their friend. Yes. Because like, well, actually, they're a really awesome person. So I want to be friends with them. I want to be like, that can also contribute this to the best friend. Because other men just, you know, just cut their losses, get rid of the woman out of life. Say actually, or some line of Jim, I'll say actually, I want to be their friend more than I, you know, I'd rather be their friend than nothing at all. Yes, I think that can, that, that's obviously, but then that can lead to the sense, well, everybody I'm attracted to just ends up with my friend. So I was like, well, that's not necessarily that, that's maybe the case, but you know, um, that, that a lot of people are attracted to, but that's because you know, attraction is a partly a numbers game, and whereas other men are going through, you know, 10 women, you've got you know, you've pursued four women. Um, and, you know, for various reasons, that hasn't worked out and they've become friends instead. Um, and those friendships can be really valuable. And actually, I think it's really important to realise that you have to sometimes let go of the feelings if you want the friendship to work. And so, you know, sometimes a friendship can be so valuable, you realise, although I really, really like this person, actually, I'm going to have to let this go because um, mm-hmm. the friendship comes first. Yes, yes. And also, perhaps, partly, you are in the friend zone because you haven't been honest with the person about what your feelings are. Because uh, you're like, oh, she's just going to uh, automatically figure it out because I'm nice to her. No, she's not going to automatically figure it out. You have to actually articulate yourself and say, hey, I like you in a romantic fashion. What about you? And maybe, yeah, she'll say no, I don't. Maybe she will say yes, you know, who knows? Yeah, that's really, that's really important because I definitely have, have found that. <laughs> um, but then, then, then there's another stage to this advice because then I got the advice, you know, like actually tell people how you feel. Yeah. Uh, but then I would go for being just completely friendly, just even like I want to be friends. And then I'd tell them how I feel. It would come out of nowhere. You yeah. know, once, on, one occasion, on one occasion, one particularly embarrassing occasion, my son would come out and said, I've already got a boyfriend. And she just hadn't mentioned it until that okay. point. <laughs> it's like, okay, because there's a point where you have to start, you know, it's like, okay, get to know them and start flirting a little bit. You know, yes, try a yes. little sexual escalation. You know, yes. suggest some of your, subtly suggest some of your intentions and then tell about the, you know, then tell the feeling. You know, let things slowly let things develop, you know, let mm-hmm. things naturally develop. Don't just, generally, don't just like, don't just act like a friend and then suddenly jump out like, oh, actually, but I have feelings for you. It's like, <laughs> you actually show some of your sexual interest or some of your romantic interest. Yes. Um, and that's embarrassing. embarrassing. I think, as I, as you know, that's been quite um, anxiety-inducing and quite embarrassing. Of course, um, of course. Quite sen- and, you know, we're also as INFJ men, I think, perhaps more sensitive to the ways that women would be made, could be made uncomfortable by that. Or, you know, yeah. we don't want to be the, another nuisance man causing nuisance to a woman because mm-hmm. you know I think, at least as I know Jay Mayer, I've generally felt you know generally been aware that women can often um experience nuisance yes. from men or you know um 
And, you, and I think because that can come sort of too extreme in, in the case where actually so you are, there is somebody who you're compatible with, you're still holding back, um, even though that person would actually, you know, would actually um, want you to flirt with them. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. again a self-esteem thing because uh, they're all in this situation or INFJ males and INFJs in general, they're like, why would anyone like me? You know, I have nothing to offer. Like anyways, like I'm, there are lots of other people out there, blah, blah. And so even if the person's literally giving them hints galore, like, hey, neon sign here, I like you. But no, we just gotta ignore it and pretend like, pretend like we can't see the neon sign or we just look away and be like, no, no, it must be for someone else. Is there someone behind me? Maybe it's for that person. Um, and so, you know, like we just pretend like it's, it doesn't exist. So that's again a problem because you have to realize that, yeah, you have a lot to offer. Like Dominic said earlier, you know, you have a lot to offer. In fact, you have a lot more to offer than a lot of the other men out there because you're not, once you get into a relationship with a woman, you're actually going to treat them really well. You know, like you're really sensitive. You know what, how, what they're feeling. You're empathic. You're going to actually know before what they're feeling, what they're feeling. And, you know, you'll be able to help them out. So, you know, give credit to yourself and realize, yeah, you, it's a good thing. And yeah, maybe probably she does like you if she's giving you all these hints and you just need to be like brave enough to say, okay, let's go for it. Even if it doesn't work out. Yeah, I think, I think that that's one of the things you can constantly look for the hints. I think at some point you do just have to say, I'm just gonna tell, my, tell her my feelings and see mm -hmm. what happens. Because mm -hmm. um, actually the thing, things, one of the things that's most likely to lead to a relationship is telling somebody about your feelings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most people's feelings, don't, people don't feel, most people don't develop strong feelings for another person until they know the other person returns those feelings. Yes, so being yes. the first one to say it is really important. Yeah, you're very right. You're actually really, really right. Also because a lot of people are so confused about their feelings anyways. They have no idea what's going on within them. And so a lot of us are actually looking for clues from the outside to be like, all right, what, what, do I like this? I like hanging out with them. Do I actually really like them? Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're so right. Like, I think just, just having a conversation about it and letting it be awkward and embarrassing. What's a big deal? You're not going to die from it. In fact, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to work out even better than you expected. So just get over all of your fears and actually like, just go for it. I think one of the final things I wanted to speak to you about, um, INFJ males, like we talked about relationships and stuff and, and friend zoning and all that, um, is, uh, caves and caving, like how does it work for INFJ males? Is it similar to INFJ females or is it a little bit different? Um, yeah, this is interesting because I haven't, I don't do that really that much anymore. Mm. Um, that's something I have sort of grown out of um, in, in many ways. So I don't know, perhaps it's an INFJ, I don't know how, is it an INFJ maturity thing? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I certainly, I certainly used to isolate myself um, quite a lot. Um, and yeah, when I'm really interested in the subject, I, gem I, gem I can channel a lot of energy into that and neglect friendships and so forth. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, ha I do have that. That, that is that, that tendency. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That tendency is there. Um, so that's so maybe I should, maybe I should retreat on what I just said. Um, yeah, I can, when I'm really interested in something, I can get there, but then I will make, I will make plans with friends. I just stick to them. I will, yeah. you know, I, I will, I think the, the important thing is I realize that even though I don't necessarily want to do it beforehand, you know, doing, having that contact, keeping myself grounded in the social world in that way, um, you know, forcing myself to make plans and stick to them uh, with people. That actually, yeah. that actually is helpful. Um, so I think there's a, there's a preference there that you can perhaps if you, you know, it's worth experimenting with resisting that and seeing what happens. Um, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. Practice definitely makes perfect with that. Also because it's like a rest, it's a skill that gets rusty if you don't use it for a while. I do notice like after the pandemic, when I was really isolated, 
and not talking to anyone. After that, I had no idea. I, I didn't know how to converse with people. I was so confused. I was like, what am I supposed to do here? Should I put my hand here or here? I have no idea. I was, I was a complete mess. Not that I'm much better now. <laughs> the other thing you did, you get, you get used to talking to yourself in your head. Yeah. You get used to having conversations in your own head, which means when you actually start talking to people, you just monologue because you get so used to having monologues <laughs> in your head. You like, then you just sit down and just... And I actually had, I had to do this recently because I was in hospital for two weeks and I wasn't really talking to people. And then I came back, I had to learn how to have conversations with people again and like emotionally connect with people. Yes. Um, so I had to remind myself, oh yeah, I had to actually not just talk about, you know, all abstract things that I've been thinking about. I had to yeah. talk about my feelings and my struggles and yeah. things that I really things that really matter to me like what are the what's the biggest challenge in my life mm-hmm. at the moment that's something to talk about to talk with friends because if you don't talk about that with your friends you won't feel connected to them and you will feel lonely and then yes. you'll go well what's the point of this and you know I might as well just go back to my cave you know yeah. you do have to actually have these conversations where you get vulnerable with people and that's that's really what makes your life rich um, and, and really worth it mm. um so I do, I really do love that because what I realize, especially in being in a lot of random relationships here in Bali, because um, I'm in making a lot of new friends, obviously, um, is that it is literally about putting yourself out there first. I'm just always waiting for the other person to put themselves out first. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of INFJ males complain about the fact that they'll never be the first one to initiate ever, 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 ever. And so they're always waiting for the other person because they're like, oh, I don't know if she's interested or not. I don't want to pursue her and make her feel uncomfortable, like you said. But then they're just waiting and the other person's waiting and you're waiting. And it, like, it becomes like a 50-year saga where like no one said anything and you're just friends for 50 years, right? You don't want to do that, right? So you have to be one, not only in friendships, but in relationships, in romantic relationships. Try to be the first one to put yourself out there first. What would you say to that? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I definitely, I've definitely been the one who always holds back, you know, that, that relates. That, I've that done that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, the thing is, with men, the expectation that the man is going to be one to yeah. initiate. And that might not always be the case, but that's generally the expectation. Yes. So, so women might, you know, women will try to give you prompts to make you the one to be the one yeah. to initiate. They won't necessarily be the one to initiate. Um, and then obviously with your own, own self-doubts come in, you then yeah. think well, does this person really like me? That prompt isn't really a prompt. They're blowing kisses at me because, I don't know, that's just what they do to their friends. <laughs> <laughs> they were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. no, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it comes back to that learning to hear no, learning to hear, learning to just, um, you know, it's going to be one of the, it's going to be an anxious moment in your life, but mm-hmm. just learning to swallow that and say, you know, what can I do? And actually... Um, once you start do, do start telling people how you really feel, because I have got to that stage now where I've started telling people how I really feel. Um, it's not working out so far, but, <laughs> but I'm telling people how I really feel. Um, and actually, it gets less anxiety-inducing um, over time. You get, you get to used to it. You get used to it. Like, actually, I can tell this person how I feel. The world doesn't end. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it's it's okay. It, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it, there, there's nothing there to be so frightened. You know, it seems, looking back now, it seems um, odd to me that I was so scared of it because now, just by the exposure, I've become less afraid and it doesn't, it doesn't scare me. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. Exposure therapy. 
um, like, you know, just the more you do it, the better you get at it and the less fearful it becomes. Same thing with these YouTube videos. I think I've spoken about this so many times, you know, at first when I was doing them, I was a, a ball of fear. Like my heart was beating so fast. I could hear it in my temples. Like I could hear it in my head and it was like, wow. But now, you know, it's, it's a casual thing. It's as, as simple as breathing, you know? Um, so it really is truly about doing it over and over and over and over again and realizing, okay, never give up you know never be like all right i'm done with women i'm never gonna look at them again blah blah, blah. no like don't get into that phase of like you said bitterness and be like okay i'm just gonna shut myself down and shut myself off because that's never a good idea never ever ever no matter how many times you've been hurt you still have to get up and try again you know it might be the ten thousandth time but you still have to get up and try again you know um and so yeah i really love that i think I think that should be good. I think I've asked you all the questions I wanted to ask. But if any INFJ meals are listening and you have questions or you're like, or you're, you would like to talk to Dominic directly, then um, you can, how would you get in contact with you? Um, well, I think the place to start with YouTube comments. Okay. Um, good. Yeah, and then, yeah. That's then perfect. Yeah, that's great. Because then if you can put a comment in, then Dominic will directly reply to you. And maybe if you guys want to have a deeper conversation, you can figure it out from there. Uh, and also, if you have questions, then if you put on a lot of questions, then we can do another session where I bring in Dominic and we can have another common conversation about this. Hopefully in a place where the internet is a bit better, for God's sake. Anyways. <laughs> um, so again, thank you so much for coming on. And I know it's kind of early for you. Hopefully I didn't take up too much of your time. No, this um, <laughs> I hope oh it was really helpful actually i hope i mean i hope people will actually listen to the whole thing and hopefully it wasn't too choppy for everyone who's listening i apologize about the internet uh, it never works when it's supposed to anyways um all right <laughs> thank you so much thanks dominic i'll see you the next time bye everyone thanks for listening if you want to put a face to the voice you can check out my youtube channel boom shakar bye for now catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.